We are in pursuit of him. Hallelujah. There's so many things we can pursue in life, isn't there? There's so many things we can chase after. There's so many things that can try to grab our attention. But I tell you what, I want to make up my mind. I want to be in pursuit of Jesus Christ. I want to be in, a, I want to be in pursuit of his presence. And I, I, I want to be in pursuit. Like the woman, woman with the issue of blood. I want to, I want to, I want to chase, chase the Lord. You see, when you touch Jesus, when you touch Jesus, something glorious happens. There's a download of virtue. There's a download of power. There's a download of healing. There's a download of deliverance. There's a download of goodness. Hallelujah. I just want to touch Jesus. Sometimes we can come in church and we can have the same kind of attitudes as as we would if we go anywhere else in the world. I don't want to be like that. You know, the psalmist says, my soul, it thirsts for the living God. My soul, it thirsts. He said, you know, once you've had a real touch, once you've drunk of this, of this wine, of this kind of goodness, nothing else, nothing else, nothing else does it, does it? Nothing else does it. Nothing else satisfies, nothing else fulfills, nothing else does it for me than the presence of God. I'm hungry for the presence of God. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen in the house? I'm hungry for more of you, Jesus. Is that the cry of your heart this morning? Are you hungry for Jesus? Are you hungry for Jesus? You know what? I want, I, I want the real thing. I want the real thing. I want the real deal. So, so many times we can... It's almost like as if we can settle for second best, but I want the real thing. I want the real thing. Authentic, genuine glory. You know, I've been humbled. I've been really humbled recently. Um, it's, it's, it's very interesting how God can bring you to certain places in your life. Because God deals with us in different ways, according to where we are in life, doesn't he? He's very personal. He almost tailors his messages for us and the way he speaks to us. It fits like a glove. It's perfect. When God does something, it's perfect. It fits you. And it's tailored for your particular need of where you are. And, you know, I've been watching some... I've been, I watched this documentary the other day, and it was a wonderful documentary. It's called God of Wonders. And it was showing, it was going through creation, it was going through all these uh, marvellous things, uh, the, the wonders of God, that, what God had made. It, it was going through the ice crystals. If anyone's seen an ice crystal, it's absolutely phenomenal. The detail, the pattern, it's so in- intricate, it's so perfect. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing piece of um, architecture almost, you know. The incredible design that we see. And I was looking, looking at the DNA and the way it's been programmed, and information has been put in DNA, and it's like the structures of life. It's like a, it's like a library full of information. Yeah. And I was looking at all the different, um, all, all the, the wonders of creation, and the wonders of the stars, and the wonders of, of God. And, you know, often um, when I go out for a walk sometimes, I kind of just look up, I look up at the stars, and I just start to marvel 
of the, of, of, the, of the God we know and the God we serve. You see, sometimes it's almost like when we come and we're in Christian circles for quite a long time, we just kind of can flippantly use the word of God and we can flippantly use the word of Jesus and we can just say Jesus and God, but we, we, we can easily lose sight of who we're actually talking about. It's almost like we, we, we can almost can it like a brand. He's nothing like that. He's so awesome, he's so mighty, he's so powerful, he's so wonderful. He's so merciful. He's such a wonderful God. And I'm not going to read through um, this particular passage, but when you get a chance, I'd I'd encourage you to read through Job chapter 38, 41. Because God answers Job out of a whirlwind. And he goes through so much, I'm not going to read it all today, so you don't have to follow this scripture, but I want to encourage you to read it, because... God speaks to him out of this whirlwind and he begins to explain a little bit about who he is and what he does. He's so awesome. And as I begin to see this, watch this documentary, as I begin to just read through Job and as I begin to look at these things and as I started to to, to meditate and have a look look at creation, you know what, something started to happen to me. I I began to be humbled in an incredible way. I was humbled. I was very humbled. And, and, and that's what I really want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about humility. Because I think humility is very, very important. And we can only truly be humbled before the Lord. We find true humility. In the sight of his goodness, in the sight of his greatness. When we begin to see who God really is. It humbles us. And, this is, and we must not understand this. He doesn't want to tread us down but he humbles us to exalt us. Hallelujah. And I'm going to explain a little bit about that in just a moment. But God is awesome. He spoke to Job out of a whirlwind. And he began to reveal who he really was through creation. Amen. In Psalm uh, 8, 3 to 4, let's look at that quickly in a moment. Psalm 8, we're going to go from 3. It says this, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you may visit him? Hallelujah. What is man that you are mindful of him? Do you have, a, you, had a, you have incredible value as a believer. You have incredible value to God. Like Tony was speaking a little while ago about how, how vast, and, and he was talking about, you know, the, the evolutionists believe this. And it can leave you kind of empty and void because if there's no God, there's no real purpose. But you're valuable to God and you can be safe in him because he's considered you and he cares for you immensely. Amen. He's wonderful. Let's go to 1 Peter 5 5. Bless the Lord. I'm so glad we sung that song, Majesty. Humbled by your majesty. Um, 
Because it's the place where we can begin to receive. It's the place where we can begin to, to really know God when we begin to see God and when we begin to grasp who he is. And I'm not talking about our head intellect. I'm talking about the revelation to our very being. He becomes more obvious to us. Um, in 1 Peter, we're going to go from 5... Five. It says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. And yes, all you, be submissive to one another. And be clothed in humility. Because God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Hallelujah. Casting all your cares upon him. For he cares about you. God cares about you this morning. He cares about you. And this is a wonderful scripture. Because it teaches us to clothe ourselves. Peter uh, is giving some instruction here. um, to, To put on humility like a garment. Praise the Lord. And this is wonderful. You know, I've often thought that everyone has exactly the same measure of grace just given to them. And we're saved by grace. We know we're saved by grace through faith. And that's very clear. The scripture says that. But I don't believe everyone accesses or walks into the fullness of grace that's available in Jesus Christ, which is a great shame. We've accessed some through faith in Christ, through our salvation. But we have to access it through faith, as we know it says in Romans, doesn't it? But we do know that there's an infinite measure of grace that's available in Jesus Christ. It's available, but not everyone walks in that level of grace, which is a sad thing. Because it says it here. It says he gives grace to the humble, that he opposes the proud. He opposes the proud. And as I was saying to you earlier, I was, I was, as I was beginning to contemplate on the wonder of God and how big and great God, I was, I was humbled in his presence. And humility, like I say, it comes in the sight of God's awesomeness. It's not that something you can do, otherwise, you're, you, when you're looking at yourself, trying to be as humble as you can, it's, it's not like that. It comes as you come before God with a sincereness of heart. Because God, as Alan always says, he's interested in your heart attitude. And often life can be quite hard, can't it? It can almost, you can be in such a rat race of life and it's almost as if you can be wanting to fight, and, you know, in your workplace or, your, or the people, you know, your boss. Or, and it can almost be like a dog-eat-dog world, can't it? And it could be, it's often like you feel like, you know, you have to stand your ground and you have to fight. And there's certain things we can stand up and we can say, yes, this is clear, this is true. You know, I'm not saying you don't ever stand there and you, 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 know, you should stand up to yourself to a degree. But we don't fight like the world fights. It's, we, should, we shouldn't get involved with the way the world operates because we're very different from that. We're children of God. We operate differently. But we can access this infinite measure of grace through Jesus Christ through putting on humility. Through putting on humility. 
And, uh, you know, humility is the opposite from pride because pride is a killer. We must be very careful that pride doesn't become a root in our lives. If you could imagine this, um, humility is almost like the, fertil- like the fertilizer. It's the ground for growth. Humility is the ground for growth. Humility is teachable. Humility wants to learn from God. It is is welcome. It receives the words of the Lord. It is corrected. It walks upright. It doesn't fight fire with fire. But it comes before God sincerely. And this is where my heart's at at the moment. I, 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 I just want more of Jesus. But Lord, I'm willing to listen to you as well. And I want to be standing, I want to stand corrected. If I'm wrong, then Lord, please correct me. I'm not perfect. I may get things wrong. But I can stand here and say that because of the work of God in my life and in my heart. It's good to be open and it's good to be uh, transparent to a degree. I haven't got to put on a religious facade in front of everyone, but I can be open and I hope you can too. Because God meets with you in your openness. There's no front. Amen. If we're transparent and we are ourselves, God can meet with you where you are. But the thing is, with the, in the Pharisees' day, with the time of Jesus, there was so much facade, there was so much pretense, there was so much stuff. They had so much religious dogma, they had so much of the stuff going on. They were more interested in how they appeared in front of others and how people perceived them and what they looked like. And they were more interested in that than really being sincere before the Lord. You know, and I can imagine there was like cliques that form and there were certain people that would fight for certain causes because, you know, they were more interested in being in a group and rather interested in being open before God and standing for what is true. And that's the thing, I, mean, I, I want to stand for what's true. And I believe Jesus would want us to also. So there's an incredible life we can live through a life of humility in God through a life of humility in God. And this is the thing, people may see it as weakness, but it's not, it's a strength, I can tell you, brothers and sisters. To be humble and to know God is your source, and he is the one that will lift you up, and he is your defender. It's incredible strength. It doesn't matter what the world might say to you, it doesn't matter what the world may try to put upon you, do not retaliate as, as, as um, the same way as what they may put upon you. You see, the danger is that when someone does something to you, you want to react in the same spirit. And it tries to draw you in. Has anyone ever kind of experienced anything like that? Anyone? They would get you to try to retaliate under that same spirit. They don't understand what they're doing. But it almost tries to hook you in. But our strength comes from him. Hallelujah. And that's what humility does. It says, Lord, you are in charge, and I'm humbling myself before you, and then I can humble myself before my brothers and sisters and the people of God that I'm surrounded by. Hallelujah. So humility is like the fertilizer in our heart. It's fertile. It receives. It receives the words of the Lord when we stand before him. We can receive by his spirit. Amen? And one another also. And you can imagine pride is like a concrete slab. Pride is like a concrete slab. It covers your heart. It's hard. And it, it, nothing can penetrate it. There's no growth on pride. 
Nothing can grow on a concrete, concrete slab. There's no growth there. You can't tell a prideful person nothing. He already knows it all. He's already got it all sussed out. He can't be taught, especially by someone younger, <laughs> or by anyone by that means. There's no growth. They stay exactly how they are. If, if you meet, you know, often um, you, you meet people and, you know, if they're, if, they're, if they're pride, we know we've got to love them, we've got to God, God bless them. Do you know what I'm saying? We pray that the Lord will soften their heart and they come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because that's where their life is, isn't it? Amen? But we can go on and grow in the knowledge of Jesus. Amen? Because our hearts are soft and we're in pursuit of him. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, I really want to, um, I, I really don't want any, any spiritual congestion in my life. Can I hear an amen? amen? I don't want nothing blocking my roadway. I don't want nothing blocking the flow of life that comes. You know, it says the issues of life come out from the heart. I don't want no traffic jams. Amen. You know, there's a responsibility for the believer, and I've said this before, you know, to protect and to guard, but to also to open our heart before the Lord. You know, you don't have to let everything into your heart, do you? You'd be careful to guard and protect what God's given you. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go to Luke 18. God is good, isn't he? I'm quite excited this morning. I feel, I, feel, I feel good. It's good. God's good. Amen. I love the word of God. I'll tell you what, the word of God gives you so much wisdom, doesn't it? It gives you so much wisdom. You can never go wrong with Jesus. <laughs> you know, a lot of people run to different sources in life, don't they, for their information and the, and the stuff that they, you know... They, how they want to learn or whatever, you know. Some of it's good. But there's nothing like what Jesus does, is there? You know, he's the author and the perfecter of our faith. He's the measure of all truth. Isn't he wonderful? He sets us straight. That's it. He sets us straight, doesn't he? You know, I, don't, I, you know, I want to be in a position where I can say, Lord, I don't mind if you set me straight. Can we say that? I don't mind if you set me straight. I don't mind if I'm wrong. As long as I'm kind of the right direction, I'm following you. You know, some people might say it through gritted teeth. <laughs> I'm wrong on that one. It's okay, because God will lift you up in due time. Amen? We don't have to be overly defensive about our particular thing or our particular doctrine, because you just end up fighting the whole of your life, and you miss the main thing, which is his presence in your life, and working out his will. Amen? So let's go from uh, 18. We'll look at Luke 18. We're going to start from 9. Are we there? 9. Also, he spoke this parable to the to some who trusted in themselves they were righteous and despised others. And that's an interesting start. That sets it up, doesn't it, really? Because these Pharisees... I believe they were Pharisees. Um, they were trusted in themselves. That they were righteous. 
on their own merit. And they despised others. The self-righteous man will often go down that trap and that way of despising others because he's self-righteous. And self-righteousness is a killer. It basically says, I've done this, I'm okay, and I'm good. And you know what? One of the number one things that hinders people from coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ is because they think they're already good enough. I'm okay. Why do I need Jesus? I think they're okay as they are, which is such a sad thing. You know, often, like, um, Ray Comfort would often take them kind of people through the law and they would, he would demonstrate that they're sinners by showing them the law, the commandments. Um, but we need the work of the Holy Spirit, don't we? Amen. It says here in 10, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed, thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this um, tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes to all that I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off would not as much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat upon his breast and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Hallelujah. See see here you see um, totally two contrary um, attitudes of heart, don't you? In the the Pharisee and 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 the tax collector. One was dependent on what he had done. The other one was humbled and recognized that he was a sinner and come before God. And God justified one, he he showed his grace to one, and the other, he didn't. Hallelujah. You know, church, our attitude attitude is is, is is so important. Our attitude extends to God and it extends to one another, doesn't it? Because God wants to exalt you with the right attitude. So as he lifts you up in your life, you will be a good steward and you'll glorify him in all that you have. You know what? You can't... You see, the thing is, when there's that... When, when pride is a root in your life, it becomes all about you. It becomes self-centred. It's a very self-centred thing. It bases itself on how good you are and what you have done. But here, um, that God showed favour to, to this man and he, he said that he who humbles himself will be exalted. You know, we can receive mercy from God daily. We can receive mercy from God daily because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You know, often we stand before God as we become a Christian, however we get saved, however God meets with us, and and God saves us. But I do believe this, that there's an ongoing work of sanctification in our lives, an ongoing work of the humility um, 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 before the Lord working out in our lives. You know what, unchurch, and that will be your strength, and that will be your joy, and that will be the basis where all the goodness of God can be deposited in your life. Amen? We can have a storehouse of the goodness of the Lord within us. Amen?
It's a landing strip. It's a highway to the glory. Hallelujah. The road is clear when our heart is set upon him and we can say, Lord, just have your way. Just do what you want to do. I come before you. I need your counsel. I need your guidance. I need your um, intervention in my life. Lord, I may have these issues, but Lord, I know you're faithful. You will get me through. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. So it's a great treasure, I do believe. To have a humble heart is a great treasure. That it is a platform for the next level. Because it says he, he exalts those who are humbled. And he humbles those who have been exalted themselves. Hallelujah. So humility acts as a platform to the next level. It is a step towards the destiny God has pre-planned for you. Amen. If you look at the story of Joseph, it's a very interesting story. Because Joseph was quite proud at the beginning. He had lots of kind of um, stuff going on in his life. And God had spoke to him about dreams. But the way he would boast and the way he would show off with his brothers, um, if you read it in Genesis... You get the sense that, that, that he had a few lessons to learn. He had some stuff to learn, didn't he, Joseph? He had some stuff to learn. And God took him through the school of life. God took him through the school of life. And as a Christian, you're in the school of life. I'm sorry, you can't get out of it. There's no escape. God will have his way with you. And God had his way with Joseph. God had his way with Joseph. Joseph went through some terrible things. He was betrayed by his brothers. He was chucked down the pit. And he was sold into slavery. He was falsely accused, wasn't he, by uh, Pharaoh's wife, Potiphar. Um, and he, uh, he was thrown into prison. And he went through all these terrible things. But as you know, when you, when, when you uh, look at the story, when he, was exalt, when he was at his lowest point, in just the flash, he was at his highest point. He was at his highest point, And he was at the right hand of the Father. And God brought him to that position through the circumstances he had to take him through. He was positioning him, but he was also teaching him. He was also correcting him. He was also humbling him. And his attitude was very different when his brothers returned to him than what it was in the beginning. He welcomed them. He graciously forgave them. He hugged them and embraced them. And all their family was provided for, wasn't it? Because of the famine. And that's what God's like. He's so wonderful to us, isn't he? He changed his attitude. He changed his heart. He changed the direction that his, that his attitude was taking him in the beginning. And these circumstances, these events, caused something to happen in his life, didn't they? He was a different man. He was changed. And God is in, into changing people. If you think you're a Christian and you're not going to be changed, then, then, then you've, got, you've got it all wrong. God will deal with you. But he's very graceful. He's very good to us. He's very faithful. He's very faithful. Because he wants the best for us. So Joseph went to the lowest place to the highest place in just a moment. He went from the lowest place to the highest place. And he lifted him up. And the glory of God was seen in that man's life. Wasn't that wonderful? I love that story. Hallelujah. So... We're going to the next level. Hallelujah. Because we can say, you know what? I, have, I may not have it all together, but God knows. 
and I can come before him. He is God, and I am not. But I've got some wonderful news. We have the Holy Ghost to help us. He works in us, brothers and sisters, and he will take you to the highest level. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, this, this, this is really the ground for elevation. This is really the ground for the greatest growth in your life. Um, there's so many times where I thought that I had things sorted myself and I thought that I, was, I had it all going on. But so how, how quickly it is things can turn on their head. How quickly it is things can... You, you can see one thing one way and before you know it, you realise, oh, I was actually quite wrong about that. That wasn't what I thought it. So I want to encourage you today. Have a soft heart before the Lord. And let him have his way with you. Let him have his way. Because he has a perfect way. He has a good and pleasing way. Hallelujah. So if we go to James 4, let's go to James 4. Because this is saying a very... This is saying a very similar thing. And the reason why I'm showing you these scriptures, some of them are very similar, is because there's a pattern in the Bible. And if I can find it, that almost everywhere you see, would help if I can find it, wouldn't it? 4.10. Yeah, go on, read it, go on. I'm fumbling. Yeah. Amen. So humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. And it's the same, the, same, the same thing as what 1 Peter said. In the sight of the Lord. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Amen. Well, scripture confirms scripture. And there's, there's, there's a process here, isn't there? There's a humbling and then there's an exalting. There's a humbling and then there's an exalting. And, and, and that's the path of God, isn't it? And that's the way of God. You know, God is not into, into beating you down, but he's into raising you up to more than what you can ever imagine, think, or even understand. Hallelujah. I thank God that he's raising you up in Jesus' name. He's a good God, isn't he? I was looking at um, this word meek, because we all know the Beatitudes, don't you? Blessed be... Um, um, Blessed be the meek. That's it. Blessed be the meek, um, for they will inherit the earth. Yeah? And I thought, that's a very interesting word, because we don't really hear that, that, that word too often, do we? Meek. When do you, ever, do, do you ever hear meek much? I don't really hear meek that much. Um, but I thought, that's an interesting word. So I looked, looked in the Strongs, and I looked in the Greek. And the word, the word uh, meek means mild and gentle. And, and I don't think it's talking about soap. I think, and as I looked further down, it gave me more of a biblical um, understanding of the word meek. And I thought, and I really love this definition. This is a great definition. Here's it. It says it's not talking about weakness, but it's talking about God's strength under His control, demonstrating power without undue harshness. 
And I thought that was a wonderful um, definition of that word meek, didn't you? I'm going to read it again to you. It's not weakness, but God's strength under his control. Demonstrating power without undue harshness. And it says the, the, the meek will inherit the earth. You know, like I said earlier, the world would want you to fight for other things. But God does things on a very different basis. His principles are in a different way. He works on a different, 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 different um, economy. He's got a different system. Hallelujah. You know, there's a very fire, fire, fire for fire kind of society, you know. But here it's saying you inherit the earth. You inherit the land. You inherit that place. It says the meek. Blessed are the meek. Hallelujah. I think that's wonderful that God can exercise his strength through us, demonstrating his power with undue harshness. And that is our strength, our strength comes from him. He is my strength. He is my strength. And he will take care of you. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a wonderful thing to know that God has your life in his hands. It's a very humbling place that to get where you need to go to, you don't need to fight, to force, to dictate, to manipulate or to try to, 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 to bring other people down. That we can be humble in his power and in his strength. Hallelujah. He wants you to take that ground and that land for him. Hallelujah. We know in the beginning that um, uh, Adam, uh, Adam fell and the curse fell onto the ground, uh, onto the land, onto the world and forms and thistles come out and the, elf, the, the, the world that we see, we see incredible beauty but in the, it, it, that runs straight through it is incredible um, um, evil as well. And we see this perfection but we also see this imperfection as a result of the fall. But God can bring that inheritance back through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's what we believe as Christians. That's the redeeming work of Jesus Christ in your life. You can inherit that land. Hallelujah. It says the meek will inherit the earth. Hallelujah. That's your inheritance through Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? We don't have to fight. We don't have to struggle. We don't have to wrestle. But we can know, yes, he is God. And we are not. But thank God he has given us this wonderful inheritance. Hallelujah. We can be strong in him. We can be strong in him. We don't have to squabble or fight. But God has it in his hands in Jesus Christ's name. Hallelujah. He will exalt you in due time. Amen. Now I want to go to Philippians. Let's go to Philippians. Philippians 2. Philippians 2.6. Because the ultimate... Uh, role model for us is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that Jesus humbled himself, didn't he, um, from the beginning. And what was interesting about his baptism, I was looking at the other day, this is not talking about his baptism, but we're going to go there in a minute. Um, I was looking at the baptism and he was baptized by John. 
And John, John said, surely, you know, you should be baptising me. And he said, no, I'm going to baptise you to, to fulfil all righteousness. And Jesus was humbling himself before his father and before John. And John, Baptist, John the Baptist baptised him. And the anointing came and rested and remained upon Jesus as in the form of a dove. It came upon him. And I love that scripture because really things kind of set off from that moment. And Jesus was lowering himself. Baptism, he was, he was submitting unto his father and the anointing came upon his life. You know, that's the wonderful thing, you know. When that dove of the Holy Spirit remains upon you, it will remain there. But it remains there in lowliness and in meekness and in humility. You know, I don't ever want to grieve the Holy Ghost. I don't want to ever um, strive against him. But I want the dove of the Holy Spirit to remain. Amen? God can remain upon us. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Bless the Lord. Let's look at this term two. Let's look at uh, Philippians 2, verse 6. And it says, Who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. This is talking of Jesus. Taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to, to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him a name above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. So Jesus Christ was obedient. He was humbled to the point of death, even death on the cross. And he exalted him to the highest place. Hallelujah. That Jesus Christ is far above all. He's far above all. And he is the ultimate role model, isn't he? I love the Lord Jesus. He's great. You know what? I love the move of the Holy Spirit. I love the move of the Holy Spirit. And you know, God is is in the business of taking you from one degree of glory to another. He's not into just leaving you as you are. That he's shaping you up. He's dealing with certain things in you. And he's making you more like his son, his beloved son. And that's the ultimate goal, isn't it, I believe? That we began to mirror his very presence. We began to mirror him, the person of Jesus Christ. We become transformed. We begin to look different. We begin to deal with things different. We begin to be changed. Because we know he is ultimately in control. Hallelujah. That he's done it all for you and I to enter in to this wonderful relationship with God. And I just want to pray for you. Father, I pray that you'd help us be sincerely humble before you. That in areas that we need to be corrected, Lord, we would be open to correction. That we'd be open to what you have to say, what you have to do. That, Lord, we wouldn't, we wouldn't try to, to, to wrestle with you like, like Jacob did. But, Lord, we would be submissive in our attitude. And in due time, Lord, you will bring us to where you need to bring us. You will exalt us in the due course of time, that you have a perfect plan, a perfect purpose laid before us. We love you dearly.
In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. Shut up, Asandam.